Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Sermon Podcast. Our mission is to lead others into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.cornerstonechurch.org. Now, please enjoy this week's sermon from Senior Pastor Tim Goodman. Thank you for listening. Hey, my name is Tim. I get to be the pastor here at Cornerstone Church. And so... (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) Okay, all right. (laughs) Enough of that. Um, So glad to be with you today in worship as we worship our God who's always worthy of our praise and our honor and our worship. So glad to come with you either in person or online, even now or during the week through our YouTube channel or Facebook. And uh, I was away uh, for most of the week at a training that was sponsored by the denomination we're part of called the Global Methodist Church. And we stayed at Mount Vernon Nazarene University, about two and a half hours from here. And that was a leadership training. And you probably say, thinking, but he needed that leadership training. And so uh, was there Monday through Friday, almost every day. It was like 8.30 in the morning to 9 at night, except one time I got to be up until 11 o'clock for that. And uh, it was a really powerful experience. Um, I'll tell you more about it later. Uh, there was a moment during the time of worship in the evening where just clearly God spoke to me. Um, and so I'll share with you about that later and gave me a clear image of what he was saying to me. Um, but it was so good to be a part of that, just seeing leaders from across our connection gathering, longing for Jesus to be glorified, to be offered to the world, and for our churches to be faithful, and for leaders and pastors to be effective and faithful and fruitful. And so just uh, be praying about that. You'll hear more about that in the days ahead. And yesterday, we had a men's breakfast yesterday morning and a women's event last night. And I got to be here for the morning time and just so grateful for all those who served in the morning, the evening, setting the table for men and women to connect, uh, to have fun together, uh, to grow closer to Jesus. And you'll hear more about that in the days ahead. But so grateful for what God is doing among us at Cornerstone Church. Amen. You can clap. And the breakfast pizza was good. All right. Uh, hey, let's pray together. So, God, we, uh, we give you thanks. Amidst all of the noise, all of the challenges, all of the obstacles, obstacles God, we give you thanks because you are faithful. At all times and all places, God, you are faithful. Your love does not fail. And your grace is sufficient for us, not only for us who would come to believe in Christ for salvation, but your grace is sufficient uh, for us even in our weaknesses that you might make us strong. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for the work of your grace in our lives. And we just lift up to you our families and our parenting, our marriages, our relationship with grandkids, um, our singled life our married life, our workplaces, God, our homes, our hometowns, God. We ask for you to continue to work in our lives, that we might uh, come to know you, Jesus, more, and we might be conformed more to your image and your likeness, so that together, corporately and individually, the world might come to know him, the one in whom we love, because he first loved us. And so, God, we thank you for uh, what you're doing in our midst. We thank you for the work you were doing among leaders this last week at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. God, we thank you for yesterday's events. 
And so, God, and even now, we just uh, long to be open to what you would want to do in our lives and what you want to speak to us by your word and your spirit. And so we just ask, speak, Lord, if we are listening. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. So I'm actually not going to preach today, but my wife, Melissa, is going to share the message this morning. And please hold your applause for that. Um, But really grateful for uh, Melissa being willing to step in. And we're in our Rooted Message series, and we're in week uh, two or three. I don't even know anymore, but really grateful for (laughs) Melissa. Would you welcome Melissa? Good morning. All right. I'm just going to jump right in. So um, tradition tells us that 2 Timothy, uh, the book of 2 Timothy, is most likely the last letter that Paul wrote before his death. Um, He writes to Timothy as a way of encouraging him and passing this torch of ministry to him. Paul is desiring in this letter to impart the last of his wisdom to his dear friend and apprentice. We pick up the letter towards the end where Paul gives Timothy a final charge for his future ministry. And I'll let you click through the scripture slides. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The word of God for the people of God. Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the very first time I preached for Tim, we had been married for just a few months. Uh, We were serving our first church in a little town called Creekside, Pennsylvania. And Tim is a twin and hadn't seen his sister on their birthday for several years because he'd always been at school. So for his birthday that year, I bought him a plane ticket and sent him home to see his sister and his family for his birthday. He was doing a message series on Jonah and I got the very best part of that series. Honestly, I think he was a little bit jealous that I took that part of the message series, but still, I got it. But when I offered to speak for him this week because of his training last week, and he told me the topic was how does God speak to us, honestly, my heart fell a little bit. Because honestly, I long to hear God speak to me audibly. That's what I think of. I want God to speak audibly to me, and I get pretty hung up on hearing God speak in one specific way in my life. 
I don't know if you can identify with this, but I hear all the stories. I just finished a book where a young woman heard God speak to her. In fact, I get so hung up on it that I can miss all the other ways that God speaks. As we become rooted, connecting with God, community, and our purpose, we begin by asking the question, who is God? We heard about that last week. And as those answers kind of swirl around, the most natural next question it ha- is, how does God speak to us? Or how does God relate to us? And I want to focus on three ways God speaks or relates to us. The first two I'm going to move through fairly quickly and then spend the rest of the time on the third way. First, God speaks to us through creation. This seems like such a good jumping-off point. It's perfect whether you have just begun your journey of faith as a Christian or whether you have been a Christian your whole life. In the creation accounts, God says over and over again, it was good. Everything God created was good. So if it was good to God, well, then it ought to be good for us. I remember this day pretty well. Joshua was three and Maddie was one. It was freezing cold outside, like 20 degrees. We had gone to the grocery store in the morning, which was such a pain with a toddler and a baby. It was so cold. I despise the cold. It had recently snowed and then melted and then had gotten cold again, so the ground was only half covered by snow. It was like that dirty kind of snow that's mixed with gravel and leaves and just yuck. So we go to the grocery and we get home and all I want to do is stay inside, like literally put my comfy pants on, my sweatshirt, my slippers, and stay inside. But these kids, they want to go outside. So I bundle them both up, their boots, their snow pants, coats, hats, gloves, all of it. And we go outside. And at this stage, Maddie was just toddling around, so I would often just kind of follow her and keep one eye on Joshua, hoping that she didn't, like, fall over on her face. It was exhausting. And Joshua comes over with this giant ball of snow with all these leaves stuck in it. And he says, it's beautiful outside, Mommy. It's beautiful. All I had seen all day was yuck. Cold air, snow, chores. But Joshua saw God's creation and called it good. God spoke to me through creation that day and prompted me to experience more joy in my day. See, whenever God speaks to us, it always prompts us to do something, to experience something. When God speaks to us through creation, it prompts us to do more. Maybe it's to share it with someone, to thank him for creation or for the opportunity to create for creation. We don't want to just allow God's relating to us to go unnoticed or for us to go unchanged by his presence in our lives. No, we allow the ways God speaks to us to prompt us to action, 
to transformation, to sanctification, to the becoming more holy. Like I said, hearing God speak through creation is an amazing jumping off point. Creation brings us back to the very simple yet profound reminder that God is good and God is forever faithful to us. We don't really need to be in community to experience God's creation, to hear God speak through, through, through creation. But as we grow as believers, as we build community, as we enter into small groups and fellowship in the church, we begin to hear God speak through other people. The writer of Hebrews showcases this when he writes, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. And then in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to be with us, to continue to relate to us, and he does this by the Holy Spirit through other people. And in turn, God speaks through others in our lives. A few months after my niece Lorelai died this summer, my sister and her daughters were at a back-to-school function when a family came up to her. This family had a daughter, we'll call her Chloe. Chloe went to preschool with Lorelai. Upon meeting this family on the school grounds, Chloe, an extremely shy four-year-old, approached my sister. She began to tell my sister that she had been playing outside with Lorelai recently, a fact that just could not be true, as Lorelai had been gone a few months by that time. Chloe knew my sister's name, the names of her other two daughters, again, a fact that could not be true, as they had never met. But Chloe was adamant that she had played with Lorelai, and as the family started to walk away, she turned to my sister and gave her a hug. While hugging my sister, she said, Lorelai wanted me to tell you that she is not mad. The accident wasn't your fault. And right away, she was with Jesus in heaven. Church, God still speaks through people. I firmly believe that this little girl was visited by an angel, a messenger from God in the appearance of Lorelai in order for God to speak words of truth, forgiveness, and assurance to my sister. And this will be a moment that she will cherish for the rest of her life. Two years ago, my sister would have probably thought this was all crazy, but it's only because she has been surrounded by community a community of believers, that she was able to accept this as a word from God. And it has prompted her to continue to build those relationships, to read her Bible, something that she has not done in her whole life, 
And she actually attended church for the first time in a long time this past weekend. Now, God speaking through others can look different. It doesn't have to look like that. But as we engage in community and grow in faith, we begin to reveal and reflect God's character to others. And that is God speaking through us. Sometimes it's an encouraging word, a kind gesture, seeing something in someone that others might not see, and then naming it. Even a prophetic word for those who have that gift. But no matter how God is speaking through others, it still prompts us to action, to respond, to allow the transformative work of God into our lives and ultimately to share it with others. The third way that God speaks is through scripture. This is the most obvious way, and yet it can be the most challenging. I hear time and time again how confusing scripture is, how difficult it is to read. We as a culture are so focused on information, on attaining knowledge, that reading scripture in order to hear from God is almost countercultural and really goes against the way we were taught to read. But here it is, right from Paul to Timothy that we just read. Paul says, but for you, continue in what you have learned, learned from me, learned from the community, from your own devotional and prayer time, and have become convinced of, because you know from those you've learned it. Paul is saying, you trust the people who have taught you, the people you, who have spoken words of truth to you, me included, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Paul reminds Timothy that he has been reading and reciting and studying the scriptures his whole life. And these scriptures are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the servant of God, Timothy, but also you and me may be made wise and thoroughly equipped for every good work, for purpose, for impact, and for relationship. Like, it is that important. Scripture, knowing it, reading it, praying on it, and sharing it with others, it helps us teach others. It helps us rebuke and correct sins moving people to new life, to redemption, to sanctification, or that becoming more holy. Scripture trains us and equips us for the days ahead, no matter what might lie ahead. Scripture prepares us for it, so that we may be equipped for every good thing, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, so that we can share the gospel with others so that one day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I hope everyone can agree that this is important, right? This is important. That's what I just, that what I just said is true. But where it gets hard is the how. How do we read it so that these things happen, right? 
because I can read it and get nothing out of it. Honestly, there have been seasons in my life where that's been true. So I want to give you some steps, some things that have worked for me so that perhaps you can read it in a new, a, a transformative way that allows room for God to speak through Scripture. Because that, at the end of the day, isn't that all what we want? Isn't that we, we, what we want? We want to hear from God. So the first step is to set the stage. Now, Tim probably thinks this is silly, but, and others may think, well, I don't really need to do that. But for me, I need to set the stage. Um, I recently went through a season where I wasn't, I was just getting nothing out of my, of my devotional time, and so I changed things up a bit, and it helped. So make a plan. Decide, even so simple as decide where you'll sit. Make the plan. Decide where you'll sit. Light a candle. Get a cup of coffee. Make sure you are not sitting in front of a pile of dirty laundry, a mound of dirty dishes, or any unfinished project. Because I guarantee you, if you sit in front of that pile of laundry or that mound of dirty dishes or that unfinished project, you will be so distracted, you might as well just get up and clean the house. Eliminate the distractions from your life that will keep you from focusing and listening. Visualize what your devotional time will look like. For me, I wake up before everyone else. I get my coffee, my blanket, light a candle, have my Bible and my journal next to me, and I sit down and the dog jumps right up on the footrest. And that's where I do my devotional time. And I can't see any mess in the house. Maybe for you, it's near a window, midday, so you can look out at God's creation. Maybe it's in the kitchen with a nice hot pot of coffee next to you. Maybe it's in your car before walking into work, but intentionally parking away from others so that you eliminate the distractions. Set the stage. Next, have a plan on what you will read. Will you start by reading one chapter a day in Luke? Please don't start at the beginning, especially if you don't have a reading plan to help you. I don't know how many people start at the beginning, the first time they plan to do a devotional. And Genesis is good, and Exodus is good, but the deeper you go, the harder it gets, and you get to Leviticus and you quit. Don't do that. Set yourself up for success. Start with the Gospels, then go to Acts, and then go to Genesis. Or use a Bible app that provides a reading plan, but just start with one chapter a day. That's enough. We don't need any heroes in the room. One chapter a day. Once you know where you'll read and what you will read, then you need to know how to read. Because reading scripture is different than reading the Harry Potter or a mystery novel. It is God's word to us. God is speaking through these words. So I suggest using this SOAP method, and I did not come up with this method. Tim did not come up with this method, but... It's a good one. S stands for scripture. 
Read the scripture for the day. As you read, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you to a specific verse or phrase in the passage that is speaking to you. Perhaps you'll write this down in a journal. If you don't journal, try it. You might like it. O stands for observation. Look at the surrounding context of the verse or phrase that stuck out to you. Notice or write down what you observed. Maybe even try to recite or explain the passage in your own words. Observe what happens inside of you as you think about this verse or phrase. Does it make you happy? Does it bring up a memory that is difficult? Does it remind you of someone in your life and the feelings surrounding that relationship? Write that down. The next is application. Ask yourself how this verse or phrase might apply to your life or a certain situation you find yourself in. Ask what God is calling you to do or to remove as a result of this passage. What is your next step? How can you be obedient to the Holy Spirit's prompting? Finally, pray. Pray for what you've experienced. Pray and ask for God, how God has spoken to you during this time. Pray for how you might share what you've learned with others during the day. And as you close out your quiet time, remember, God will prompt you to something. So ask yourself, how will I be different today because of what I've read? I began using this model about three and a half years ago. I had always been one of those people who struggled with my devotional time. Every stage of my life, it didn't matter if I was a single college student, if I was in seminary, or a mother of two under two, I could never find the time, energy, or motivation to read my scriptures. But what I, what I found and what I realized is that I actually never had the right method. As soon as I picked up this journal, scripture came alive to me again. I began a reading plan and I began using the SOAP method and God did something inside of me. God began to speak to me and through the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, I was able to experience more joy. My anxieties lessened. My days started better, became a better mom and a better wife. And I felt better equipped to handle the day to day. I wasn't really sure whether I would have like a, an example to model for you for this, this method. But I was doing my scripture this morning, actually, and this is my journal here. Um, and so I thought I would read to you what I wrote because I think it models this meth method really well. So I'm reading Genesis. Um, I'm in chapter 45. And it's the story of Joseph. Joseph um, has been sold into slavery by his brothers, and he has gone to Egypt, and now he is in charge of all the things. And he has, um, his brothers have come to him for food because of the famine in the land. And the S, the scripture that stuck out to me is, but God sent me ahead of you 
Joseph says this to his brothers. God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So my observations. Joseph can see the purpose in his past suffering. God has revealed to him the rest of the story, his faithfulness, and now his brothers can see that even their their action that was meant to harm, that God was able to use it for good. My application then, there's much in my life that needs this kind of ending or fulfillment. I'm wondering how God will use the hard struggles in my own life, in my family's life, for good. What purposes, God, are you working out as a result of these moments in my life? Do I have to wait as long as Joseph? I feel led to surrender to God's purposes and plan, even if I don't know the ending. And then prayer. I prayed this morning for God in thankfulness for the hard things, for giving me courage to endure them, because they are making my faith stronger. And I ask God to help me follow him, even in the midst of struggles, to trust the future. Church, don't get hung up on hearing God speak to you in a certain way. Wait upon him to reveal himself to you through creation, through community, and through scripture. Let's be a church that prays for God to speak. Let's be a church that has ears to hear him and hearts to act upon his word. Let's begin to read scripture, not for information or for knowing knowledge, but for wisdom and for the transformational, the transformational work of his Holy Spirit to speak into our lives. Let's be that kind of church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your creation and for your Holy Spirit prompting others to share your word with us. Give us eyes to see you in our midst. Give us ears to hear you. Give us courage to accept your words of encouragement, love, correction, and your invitation to be transformed by your presence in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. We invite you to join us at Cornerstone Church each Sunday at 10 a.m. in person or online. Please visit our website at www.cornerstonechurch.org for more information. Thank you for listening, and we pray that you have a blessed day. Goodbye. Goodbye.